We know that in the game of baseball, if you're going to make a run and you're going to have a point get put up on the board, what do you got to do? You got to cross what? Home plate. Home plate is the final base to actually scoring points. The problem is with many in the body of Christ today, not just TWBC, but we see it nationwide, we see it worldwide, is we do not score because we never make it all the way around to home base. And I'm, I know it's home plate, but I'm calling it home base because it's called base groups. Base is the title of this message, okay? So some of y'all baseball fanatics out there are like, it's home plate. <laughs> I, I understand that. I'm not completely baseball ignorant, although I am very much so baseball ignorant, not completely to, to that degree. So as they, a lot of believers never score in their Christian walk because they never end up crossing home base. They never come across that final plate. What, what, what that means is, is you come to church, that means you got up to bat. Many of you got up to bat this morning. You did good, you got up, you came into the building, you arrived at the place where you can what? Potentially hit what? A home run. So as you get ready to hit a home run, you made it to, you made it to, the, to, the, to where you get up to bat, and this morning as we embarked on worship, you had the opportunity to what? Run to first base. Get in the presence of God. And as you got to first base, now you have the opportunity to make it to second base. You get to hear a message, an anointed word from God in due season that will change your life. So as you hear and receive this message, you'll make it to third base. And then you'll have the opportunity to make it to third base. By the time the altar call gets here, you'll have the opportunity to say, God, I submit and I apply what I've learned into my life. And I accept the vision that you're, that you're giving this church. And as we're moving forward and you get a chance to apply it in your life. And many believers get stranded on third base. Because here's what happened. You make it all the way to third base. And you're stuck there because you leave here not knowing what to do with everything you just did, worshipped, heard, and submitted to. Now that you're submitted to it, what do I do? I don't have a place to go. How do I just minister what the pastor talked about? He, he said some good stuff and I really liked it. At least I hope you think that. He said some great things. I took notes. Everybody said Amen. All right, good. We got a bunch of note takers this morning. <laughs> and so, but what do I do from this point? Where do I go from here? And so we as the, the elders of the church and the staff of the church have racked our brains over the past two and a half years of how do we put in something in the church that will get the body of Christ to be players in this thing called Christianity in our Christian walk and not just be spectators or fans sitting in a seat. And the biggest desire of our heart is not that you get ministered to here, but you have a life change here and you're able to minister it out there. Because we as the church have got it set up so Old Testament style where it's like, I'm going to invite a friend, you come in, we sit in a church, and if you love God and if he changes your life, you can come and pray with the pastor. I love people praying with me. The problem is there's too many people that need to pray with me. I need people to be able to pray with you. I need you not, not just me, I need you, Miss Sheila, to walk over to Miss Karen when she's sick and just lay your hand on her and pray for her and say, by the stripes of Jesus Christ, you're healed. Amen. Not me. Because Jesus is no respecter of person. The same Jesus in you is the same Jesus in me. So therefore, the same anointing in you is the same anointing in me. And our giftings may be different, but the anointing is from God. And so it can rest upon you to minister to her just like me to minister to her. So here's the thing that I need. I need you to, to be ready to not be called out on third base, to be ready to run home and score a run. And some of y'all are thinking, I like what you're saying, preacher, but what am I responsible for? You're responsible for just what you've always been responsible for. You're responsible for showing up at, the, at home plate to hit the ball. 
As you show up here, you're responsible to making it to first base in worship, second base in the message, third base in the response. But as you get to third base in the response, your responsibilities are still the same. We're just giving you the opportunity to use it now where we haven't done such a great job at that in the past. So we're changing everything about structure in this church for you to be a partaker in this thing called Christianity and not just let us, not you just be a spectator and let us be up here on stage. We don't want that. We want you to take an active part in the ministry of TWBC. And Cody, I know you love to teach. You are a great teacher. But I've also watched Cody as he's been teaching um, over the past year or so in the classroom right over there in classroom five that he was a great learner but I also know by watching him teach he's now a better learner because he's had to teach not just sit in a classroom I I've seen him grow I've seen him mature I've seen his style of teaching change I've watched my dad over the past several years starting at the old building over there as he's taught believers class all the believers class people say amen amen y'all give God a hand clap of praise amen I've watched him grow and develop his gifting on the inside of him over the past eight years. So much to the point that another church a year or so ago when they were in a pastoral transition says, we like your dad so much, can he come be our interim pastor while we find who God's called us to? Amen. That's called giving people opportunities to become all that God wants them to become. And so everybody out there, we want you to have an opportunity to become what God has called you to become and the way we're going to be able to do that is through base groups. Base groups that are going to be formed. And base stands for Believers Associated for Strength and Encouragement. As you get together with base groups. Base groups are there for one reason. You're believers, right? Say amen. You're associating because Paul said, or the writer of Hebrews, excuse me, said, do not neglect the gathering together as some are in the habit of doing. So we don't want to do that. So we're going to find an opportunity for you to get together. And as your associ believers associating the main goal is we want you to strengthen one another and encourage one another. How many of you know the, the world does enough beating up on the church? Amen? I don't want you to come here and get beat up on. I don't want you to get involved in a base group and get beat up on. My job as a pastor is to encourage you, to exhort you, to lift you up, to equip you for the world out there that's trying to beat you up. I, I, I love a, a minister, he pastors a church in Chicago, and one of, the one of the articles he writes in one of his book is, Pastor, do not beat the sheep. Don't beat the sheep. My goal is never, and my intentions are never to get up here and bring you a message from God's word and browbeat you and guilt trip you into coming to the altar for a change, uh, 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 an emotional guilt trip change in your life. My job, my gifting is very prophetic in the New Testament as a pastor. The prophets in the New Testament, and the, their, their main focus was to encourage and to equip and bring words of wisdom and words of knowledge in due season. My goal when I am up here as a pastor is to encourage and to equip you. To make you leave here ready for the battle at hand. Well, that's good, but how do you apply it? How do you apply it? You apply it by what we're going to call base groups. Getting together with small groups of believers and beginning to talk about what you learned on a Sunday morning. The final base must be crossed for you to score a point. When you cross home plate, guess what? You can no longer be called out. See, when you take off from home base to run to first base, there's a chance you can get called out. When you go to set first to second, second to third, and in between third and home, you can't get called out. A lot of believers, because the third base to home plate scenario, when they leave here, never happens, 
you get called out standing on third base because you never left third base. And when you did step out off third base, you didn't know what to do, so what? You got called out. <laughs> you got smacked in the face. The devil attacked you with something. I mean, something happened. So we're going to get you in the practice of running home and scoring runs so you can be good at running home and scoring runs. Amen? And so that's the, that's the goals of base group. And as we launch out in these goals today in the body of Christ, what we've realized is we're leaving as the church and leadership and staff, we're leaving too many uh, believers stranded on base. We're leaving too many people stranded on base. And so our job as leadership and staff and elders, our job is to make sure you get home safely. Amen? That you have a safe place to begin to stir up one another in the most holy and precious faith. To encourage one another all the more as the day approaches. To strengthen one another. To pray over one another. So that when you go out into a lost and dying world, you have the confidence, the faith, and the ability, and the knowledge to know how to handle a situation. Amen? And so we're leaving too many runners stranded on base, so we're fixing to fix that at the church. Too many players are getting called out. We've talked about that. And therefore, too many, play, too many games are lost because we haven't put into practice what the Scriptures say. So we want to put desperately into practice what the Scriptures are saying. And what do I mean by too many games are lost? I believe this with all my heart. There's a world out there that needs Jesus Christ. And too many of them are lost and dying and going to hell because we as leadership, staff, and elders have left people stranded on third base, not giving them an opportunity to run home, to score a run. All that begins to change now. Because we want you as the body of Christ to be equipped, to be called, to be plugged in, to be an active part of what we're talking about. How is this going to happen? And the Bible says in Psalm 92 verse 13, it says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of their God. If you've known me for any length of time at all, you'll know this about me. I do not like losing. Right, Damon? I mean, Damon knows. He's played ball with me for years, volleyball. And, and used to, I had this horrible temper. Hush, honey. I can hide it good in front of most. I, yes, thank you, Ms. Linda. I'm speaking in faith. I used to have this horrible temper. And even when my team still lose, and if you listen to me on the radios uh, on Monday mornings or, or all throughout the week, you realize my, the teams I pick usually don't win. And I'm not a good loser at all. I don't like losing. The difference between the games that get played out there in the world and Christianity and ministry is I can make a difference here on whether who's winning and who's losing. We can make a difference on whether we win or whether we lose. We make the difference here. Everything else, all the games, all the analogies, all the illustrations I can use out there, that's still out of my hands. It's out of my control what the United States does on Tuesday in their World Cup match. I can't control it. But in here, in this place, in this building, me, you, we can control whether or not we go on this championship run. And I believe with all my heart God is gearing up a church to get ready to go on a championship run because the day is near, the day is drawing close where God's going to do a movement in this region. And if God's going to do a movement in this region, it's going to be with our church taking part of it. It's going to be with our church at the forefront of it. We will see a movement of God take place. And here's how. It says those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of their God. I love Psalm 122. And it says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. A lot of people are glad to go to the house of the Lord, but they have no intention of getting planted in the house of God. The issue we deal with in church today is a lot of people love that verse, Psalm 122. I was glad when they said unto me, 
let us go to the house of the Lord. And I wish I was a black preacher because they say it a lot better. <laughs> they do good at that verse. I love it. You hear T.D. Jake say that verse. Man, he goes off on it. It's awesome. <laughs> I can't say it like them. So just imagine them saying it when I'm saying it, okay? <laughs> I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. A lot of people are glad to come to church but have no intention of getting planted. Without the intention of getting, intention of getting planted, you can be glad all day long. But listen, you'll get sad in those same britches you got glad in. You'll get beat up in those same britches you came to church in. But the Bible says those who get planted in the house of the Lord, planted in the house of the Lord, will do what? They'll flourish in the courts of their God. Never fails. This scenario never fails. People come to this church in a crisis state. Families come to this church in a crisis state. It happens all the time. They come to church because some desperational thing has happened in their life. They're losing a loved one. Their marriage is on the rocks and it's not going to work. Their, their, their kids are off running around. They're drug addicts or something. Something catastrophic's happened. And so they come to church and as they get planted over a period of time, I notice their countenance change week after week of from horrible to getting a little bit better to okay to wow, we had a decent week to it's been a good week to Man, God's good all the time. I'm so excited to be in church. Amen. And then things get so good, they quit coming. What? If you just started getting good and you loved it and good things are happening, why are you going to quit? So I love it when people go on a diet. Ooh, I lost 30 pounds. Now I can eat whatever I want again. Really? <laughs> you didn't lose the 30 pounds by doing that. Are you kidding me? Oh, I worked out all winter long to get this summer body. Now I can eat whatever I want to. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to look good in about a month. <laughs> and so I need to ask you guys this. To flourish, what do you have to do? You have to get planted. Planted in the past at this church has meant being actively attending on a Sunday morning. But the problem is with actively attending on a Sunday morning even with the church our size, and it's growing rapidly, praise God, you still have the ability to do this. I can hide in the crowd. I'll prove it to you. I've called some of you and said, I missed you at church yesterday. I was there. You didn't come say hi to me, right? Well, y'all say the same thing. You didn't say hi to me at church. I didn't see you at church. So I already beat you to the punch. You didn't come say hi to me. Is that not true? Hey, if you can get mad at me for not coming to say hi to you, I can get mad at you for not coming to say hi to me. <laughs> I'm human just like you are. I got feelings just like you got. <laughs> I love you just like you love me. And so in this process, even at the size of our church and as it continues to grow and expand, you can come in on a Sunday and go out on a Sunday and nobody ever even know you're here. <laughs> That's not healthy. That's not good. That's not stable and it gives you excuses. The next Sunday you... <laughs> My throat hurts a little. Nobody missed me last week. Nobody said hi to me. Pastor didn't know I was there. He even called and said he didn't see me. So he won't know if I miss this week. We were discussing this in elders and staff, and I'm being very transparent with you this morning, that people have literally said this about our church. We love the way Bible church. Anointed worship, anointed preaching is great. And they said, the one thing we really like is there, you don't even got to be held accountable there. You can come and go as you please. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> oof. You can come and go as you please, and I'll never know. You know, we got stacks of visitor cards in our offices. I'm talking over probably about, literally no exaggeration, 1,500 cards just stacked up of visitor cards over the past five years. 
There's not 1,500 people in here every Sunday because people have came in and gone out and slid through the cracks, and we never knew it. Now, is everybody called to be here? Absolutely not. But our majority, yes, they are. And I'm not ashamed to say it. We're an amazing church with amazing ministry going around the world, doing the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's something that we, that, that we desire to do. I, I mean, if you don't think this church is amazing, why are you here? <laughs> I, I mean, it's, uh, okay? And that's not arrogant at all. It means God's called you here because a movement of his spirit's taking place here. So we've got to find a way for people to get planted in the house of the Lord. And to get planted in the house of the Lord, we're going to get you guys involved with each other. Amen? Depending on each other, not just depending on me. Amen. Y'all go ahead and say amen on that one. <laughs> say amen on that one. It's like a tree that has roots. If you've ever pulled up an oak tree, there's not just one big root. It's not a tap root on an oak tree. But there's millions of roots that, in fact, the size of an oak tree above ground, they say it's double underground, and all those roots are doing what? They're intertwining, going everywhere. <laughs> so if you don't pull an oak tree out when it's a baby, you ain't pulling it out. You have to burn it out, cut it out, whatever. That's how we want this church to be. We want this church to look great above ground, but we want our structure underground on the inside to be twice as good, twice as big, twice as intertwining than anything looks like above ground. And that starts with you getting planted in the house of the Lord. The Bible says those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of their God. And I believe that as we step into this next part of the vision, as you embrace this next part of the vision, your life is going to begin to flourish like never before. A lot of people, when they come into church, they come in for the first time. If you don't see the friend that invited you, you look very uncomfortable. Well, what if we created an opportunity for you to bring a friend to some place that they didn't have to meet 400 people at once, they could meet 10 15, where you could have a cup of coffee with them, where you could eat some dinner with them, where you could give them a Dr. Pepper, praise God. Amen, thank you, Jesus. Or whatever you want to give them, water with lemon or whatever. <laughs> I mean, have at it. Lord Jesus, if we're in the heavenly places, give me some good stuff. Give me a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I mean, come on. And so we want you to find a place to get planted. And so as you come here today, understand this. There's going to be a new season in your life as a planting is going to occur. Where supernatural covenant, here when I say that's a strong word in the Bible, we make light of it in America, a covenant relationship will form with people in this church. That there's going to be a melding together of people in the church across all different lines, across races, across financial boundaries, across different things, of, of, of you guys who always come and sit in the backside over here versus you guys who always come and sit in the backside over here, and you don't know who's over there, but you know y'all all go to the same church but have never met. Well, section A is going to start meeting section D. Now, come on. And some of y'all done good. Some of y'all flip-flop sections. I like that. We're going to have a chair scramble one day where I'm going to make everybody just get up and sit somewhere else again. I like doing that too. And I'm not going to leave the middle two sections out because there's some people who always sit in section C. Amen. Section C, give me some props here. Now how many of y'all in section C came over here and met Teen Life Challenge Boys Home this morning already? That came in, that rolled in. So we have one out of the 100 people in this section. Woo! Come on now. Do, do you see what we're trying to accomplish at the church? And I can't leave out section B just because my wife's in it. Amen? So section B, because my wife's in it, you do get a pass, though. You understand the theology I'm building on here. The Bible says this in Psalm 128. 
Listen to this. The Bible says this in Psalm 128. Blessed is everyone. Everybody say everyone. Does that include you? Okay, you're an everyone, okay? That's like when the Bible says whosoever, it means whosoever. That means you're a part of it, okay? Whosoever believeth, that means you're a part of whosoever. So the blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, amen, who walks in his ways, right? You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. Now I'm going to stop right there. As we launch into this new season, you're going to eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. What you put into this, you're going to get out of it. You can't go into this with your eyes closed all the way and your fists clenched and, and, and you go, I'm going to try it. You're not eating a green bean for the first time in your life, amen? What you put into something is what you're going to get out of something. What you put into worship on Sunday morning is what you're going to get out of worship on Sunday morning. How much you listen and intently take notes on what I preach will strongly dictate how much you remember when you leave here. I can break all kinds of stats out for you on that. You're going to eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. So when you start putting your life into this, you're going to be blessed beyond measure. And it says, you shall be blessed and it shall be well with you. And your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. All the men said, amen. Amen. Husbands, you want your wife happy, you better jump in on some of this. (laughs) I'm just telling you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Parents, you want your kids to do good? Listen to this. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. Now here's where I want to get to. This is where it starts uh, partaking in the church. The Lord bless you from Zion. Everybody say Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children and peace beyond Israel. Now I'm going to talk right quick about Zion. Zion is the place in the Old Testament where God would speak to his people, instruct his people, and bless his people. Amen? That's what Zion was in the Old Testament. So when the, God, when the Bible says, God bless you from Zion, Zion is the mount of God where people would, all the nation would gather together, and when the king would speak or the prophet would speak, God would bless them from Zion. Zion in the Old Testament is illustrated by the New Testament church in the New Testament. God speaks to you individually. Everybody say amen. Amen. Jojo, you can talk to God all you want, and God can talk to you all you want. And as God talks to Joey, Joey talks to God. Joey can figure out exactly what God needs to do in Joey's life and what Joey's supposed to do for the kingdom of God in his life. Amen. Amen? Amen? And so everybody can talk to God on their own, and God can bless you individually where you're at. But when you start involving yourself in the body of Christ, everybody say the church, the body of Christ, Okay, as you started getting involved in that, God has set up a different avenue to ministry to the church. He said he will respond to the church through apostles, prophets, uh, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Amen? So you you are in need of talking to God individually. But as we hear from God corporately in the body of Christ as a group of believers trying to accomplish the vision of God in this northeast Texas region, God's going to talk through apostles, prophets, uh, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now, there is an apostolic anointing on my life to plant churches. We will plant many other churches in the future of TWBC. We'll do it. It's coming. I don't know how quick, but it's coming. Right now, God still, as he did in the Old Testament, he does in the New Testament, speaks through his prophets. Y'all call me pastor. That's not my gifting, really. <laughs> Actually, if you want to know, my pastoring is probably one of the least on my giftings. My mom has a gift of pastoring. It's a great gift of pastoring. 
I mean, she'll pastor you all day long. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> She's had plenty of practice with me and Jeff. I mean, she's done it all our lives. She knows how to handle any situation. Amen. And so as God's going to speak to the church, he's going to speak through the prophetic voice. Now, prophets in the New Testament have a different role than prophets in the Old Testament. Prophets in the Old Testament, you hear about it, it's always doom and gloom. There's no such thing as, I don't want to say there's no such thing as doom and gloom. Let me rephrase that. In the New Testament, because the sin debt has already been paid on the cross of Calvary, we don't come saying, just repent all the time. We come to teach you to acknowledge what Christ has already done so you can walk in the fullness of what Christ wants you to walk in. In doing that, repentance takes place, but more so encouragement to live out your life in the fullness of who God's called you to be. And so as God is going to speak from Zion, the local church, he's going to do three things again. He's going to speak to you through the local church, through the role of the pastor, through worship pastors, through youth pastors, through uh, uh, executive pastors, through all the pastoral that, that he's put in place at a church. He's going to instruct through those same avenues, and he's also going to bless through those same avenues. Can you be blessed in your individual life by talking to God? Absolutely. But I hear people say all this all the time. My life was good, but then I found a church, and it got great. Your life can be wonderful just where you're at. And you can be amazing as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ by yourself. But you will not flourish alone. You will not flourish on your own. You will not flourish outside of the uh, interaction with other believers. And I'll use this analogy. There's this man who came to church very consistently for a long time. And then he quit coming, and for after about three months, the pastor went and sat at his house, and as he went into the man's house, he was sitting in front of the fireplace, and in the fireplace was burning this blazing hot fire, and the pastor pulled up a chair next to him, didn't say a word for about 20 minutes. After about 20 minutes, he got the tongs and reached into the fire and pulled out a coal and set it on the floor in front of the man. After about 20 minutes, the coal was black and hard and cold, and so he picked it up with the tongs and set it back in the fire. Within seconds, it was aflame again, and the man looked at the pastor and says, I understand, I'll be there Sunday. See, you've got to understand that you can, live, you can be a Christian without coming to church. You can be a Christian without being in a church building. You can, get a Christian, you can be born again in the middle of a bar. I've seen people do it. But if you're going to flourish as a believer, you need to be planted in the house of God. And the house of God does not mean this church facility. It means the constant association with people and believers of like precious faith. And that's the goal of this church, to put you in interaction with people of like precious faith on a whole bunch of different levels. And so when God spoke to the nation as a whole, he spoke from Zion. When he gave instruction, he gave it from Zion. And when he blessed, he gave it from Zion. The church is God's established avenue to speak, to give instruction, and to bless. A lot of people are very upset at the government in the United States. You're upset about the welfare program. You're upset about all the things going on with the government. Well, let me ask you this. Whose job is it in the world to take care of the poverty, the widows, and the orphans? What? So what you mad at the government for? They were never anointed to take care of them. And now that they're failing at taking care of them, you're mad at them for doing, they're doing what you're supposed to be doing. How did this all happen? Because we thought church was a place you went, not a place you got planted. And am I defending our government? Absolutely not. But I'm also telling you, let's take responsibility where responsibility needs to be taken. I'm going to end with this. There are three types of believers in this world. 
There are those who ask what happened. You know, the people who come to church occasionally and something amazing happened and they hear about it on Facebook or Twitter and they're like, what happened at church? I missed it. You know what I'm talking about? Everybody's like, no, I don't. I do not know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. You got those who ask what happened. You got those who watch things happen. By and large, I need to ask for your forgiveness as pastor of this church and ask you to forgive me because I've put you in a situation for by and large, you've been in a position to only watch things happen. Not of your own accord. That's just the way we've done it and that's the way we started it. And I did it to the best of my ability up to this point. But when I saw my abilities were absolutely failing and I have deprived you of being who you are called to be in the body of Christ, I'm going to change something. So I'm asking for your forgiveness, and I repent, and I apologize to you for that. Because I put you in a position for you to only watch God move and not be a part of it. But now I want you to step in this third realm as a believer. A believer that those who are empowered by the Spirit of God to make things happen. You got those who ask what happened. You got those who watch things happen. But then you got those who are empowered by the Spirit of God to make things happen. Today as the church, as we launch into this new series called Base, Believers Associating for Strength and Encouragement, we are empowering you with the power of the Holy Spirit to go out and make things happen for the kingdom of God right here in this northeast Texas area so we become the lampstand of God in this region and see a mighty sweeping movement of the Holy Spirit like never before. You are now empowered to do it.